Pittsburgh Steelers fans, hey, it is time once again for another episode of, what show is this, Tony? It is the Steelers Hangover, and you three know days why, in the making. You know why I asked you that? I think I'm still hungover from that dismal performance in Cleveland. Yes. I feel like it. Yes. How about you? Still recovering. Uh, I uh, was bowling during during the beginning of that game, and I was driving home feeling pretty good about the second half, and uh, that's when the alcohol kicked in, I guess, because the, the really bad hangover uh, uh, came after that. Do you drink and bowl? Not, not that much. No, no, that, that wouldn't be. I wouldn't be wise for my scores. But I definitely, <laughs> I definitely have a, have a, a pitcher here and there. You know, not the whole thing, of course. Uh, so, you know, the song that you heard to start, that was Jerry Cherry Band, our house band here, the great Jerry Cherry, who will show up in the live chat probably towards the end of the show. And that's a song called The Worst Looking Man. And it's I'm not the worst looking man you've ever seen, which here's the thing. I'm not the worst looking team you've ever seen if I was Mike Tomlin seeing it right here. However. You know, kind of a lot of people kind of feel that way right now, Tony. They do. Yeah. I mean, it's I think a lot of it is because it's the same script that we've that they've seen for a couple of years. I think that's the problem is uh, a whole new uh, cast of characters, but they're they're acting out the same rules, uh, so to speak. And you know what? Something we're going to take a look at and something I I took a look at a little earlier, but I didn't go down and break it down into what the records were. I just had mentioned that, you know, we've been here before. We've seen this movie before with the Steelers starting off slowly. And I think one of my biggest problems with this team right now is the fact that it's status quo. It's okay. This is just what we're going to do. And we have the playbook. You know, one of my favorite movies is Lethal Weapon. Mm -hmm. Tony. I know. And there's when the FBI guys, Johnson and Johnson are there, they're, uh, they're doing their whole thing. And then John McClane says to Sergeant Al Powell, he's like, yep, the FBI's here. And then Powell says, well, yep, they've got their, uh, their terrorist playbook and they're <laughs> doing it page by page. So, you know, it, it's funny. They continue to do it page by page. And, we have been accused on this show um, in the live chat and in comments afterwards. And all of us here at BTSC seem to be, be uh, accused of being, you know, Tomlin apologists. And I'll, I won't say that I'm not a, a Tomlin apologist because I believe in what he's done over the last 15 years, but we do not have a problem pointing it out when he's not here. Right. I, actually, yeah. I said not here. I, You know what? Can I back up a second? You can back up. I got to say this. You notice there's only two of us. Shannon right. White is on assignment, and he will be back next week. And I, I do apologize for that because I was thinking about saying, oh, I've got to mention that Shannon's not here. And let me rephrase what I was going to say. We, with Mike Tomlin, when he said after that game, Tony, he said, definitively not to am i going to go ahead and put kenny pickett right and that's not really what we want to hear no it wasn't 
You wanted and, to hear. You know, I'm fine. I have done almost a 180 from where I was last week around this time because after I heard some things and I'm not, I'm really falling off of the, uh, the Met Canada bandwagon. Not that I was really on it. Right. But the only thing I went from Mike Tomlin is to go to Matt Canada and say, look, you need to change some things around. Exactly. And we talked about that last week because you guys kind of disagreed with me. And you said the quarterback situation is a lot quicker to fix. And I feel that the offensive coordinator position is just by making adjustments and tinkering with it. You're allowed to tinker with it mid game. Right. We've seen this from every other club throughout the years. We we've seen it from the most stubborn man in the world, Chuck Knoll. Yes. We saw him go from a run first team to a pass first team in the same decade in the middle of a dynasty. So what I want from Mike Tomlin is simply this, not just dismissing it, but I know they have a plan and I respect the fact that they have a plan, but there might be there might be a point where you don't follow the Bill Walsh 25 scripted plays. And I think they're following 17 scripted games. And it gets to a point where you're like, okay, maybe this isn't working. I don't think, and I'm I'm gonna probably upset some people if I say that I don't think that the Steelers need to make that change, even though I was I was feeling like they made needed to make that change at quarterback last week. But I noticed something, Tony, you said you were playing, you were bowling. I was bowling. And you were feeling really good about the Steelers. Why? After, after, yeah. Going into the, going into halftime, I, I thought that they were, they were making progress on offense because they made adjustments, right? Mitch was able to do some things when he was allowed to. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's he was he looked like a different quarterback for a, a, a small portion of the game, anyway. And my thing here is, if he was able to look like a better quarterback, and if he would have had better play from his wide receivers, his wide receivers who were carrying him the first two games kind of let him down. His pass catchers let him down. They would have looked a little bit better, but. At the end of the game, when it's all over, we start seeing the charts, the next-gen stat charts. And, Tony, what did you see on those charts that made you want to grow hair back just so you could lose it out again? I saw uh, a desert in the middle of the field where uh, there, was, there was no water, just desert, because it, it's all the grass died because of a lack of uh, rain from uh, the balls coming down. <laughs> I bless the rains down in Africa. Um, you know, but what what happened in that last drive? He 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 uh, two quick passes to Fryermuth got him in, quickly got him in field goal range. I mean, it was like uh, you know that, that's the kind of stuff that the people have been talking or calling for for two years, and they did it at that point in the game. Why couldn't they try something like that earlier in the game? You know, that's, so, that's, that's, that's the issue people are, are having. It's, they're not, as you said, they're not changing things up. So when you are thrown across the middle and it's working at that point, 
isn't that going to be there a good bit throughout the whole game? Well, I, I think you certainly have to find out. You have to find out. You, you need to find out if, if it's there, if that if that uh, part of the field can be exploited. And that's that's the problem. They're not they're not trying to find out until it's absolutely necessary, like you saw with three minutes ago when after Cleveland took a, a nine point lead. What if you mixed just two or three of those in in the whole game? Yeah. Wouldn't you think that those guys, Leontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, would be more open if that was a threat down the middle? Absolutely would be. And I think uh, I, I, I'm probably sure, I'm, I'm pretty sure those guys are all getting sick of catching sideline passes when, when the DB is right on them. I think they want some space to operate. And I think if you if you start exploiting the middle of the field, attacking the middle of the field, then you're going to force other teams to to have to change what they do to beat you. I think that's that's part of the problem. Is like we talked about last week. They're too uh, they're they're too quick to, to quote unquote take what the defense gives you and and not try to take what they want from but by attacking the defense. Absolutely. So what I'm going to go ahead and say next is it goes back to everything I'm saying. My biggest complaint with Mike Tomlin right now is that he's not pulling Matt Canada in the office and saying, buddy, there's a whole lot of room down the middle and we're being predictable. Right. Because they don't respect us going over the middle. Exactly. So that's it. You're the offense. With the exception of the wide receivers, everybody on the offense improved. The wide receivers might be worn out a little bit. Mm-hmm. They did like Pickens made that amazing catch. They they all had some nice catches at one point. I still think Chase Claypool is on the verge of being a superstar. But all I'm saying here is, gosh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, if they want to stop being predictable, that is when they're going to start winning games. Right. And it's like, it's like what Shannon talked about last week. I mean, it, you know, they, they were so uh, uh, intentional about, about finding quarterbacks who are mobile. And we all know Mitch Trubisky is a very mobile quarterback and not just by, you know, scrambling around in the pocket, but by, he can run. We saw that in Chicago uh, for five years or four years. So why aren't they using him more in that regard too? That, that's a, that's a, a question you have to ask because it's, it's a, element of, of the offense that they didn't have the last two or three years with Ben. He, obviously he wasn't that kind of quarterback. So, you know, why aren't you utilizing this guy's strengths more and, and having him, having him take off and run and have give the defense another thing to, to think about. Tony, I want you to do me a favor. I'm going sure. to go ahead and le- turn off the live chat on my end. So okay. I can't see it. Okay. And let me know if there's any super chats. And, I will let you know. And let me highlight make- them right away. Yeah, you know, just uh, we you could put them at the bottom or uh, let me know and I'll mix them in. But the reason I'm turning off the live chat is we're having a completely different show on the live chat. Everybody talking about something different. And I'm going to bring up some of that. It was mentioned that if Ben was in there, that the Steelers would be three and (laughs) oh, no, no. Ben Roethlisberger had a fantastic 18-year career in Pittsburgh. His body, his legs could not be – he would have not beaten Cincinnati. Right. That, that's just – they would have not been able to do that. Quite possibly, they uh, quite possibly they do have some drives 
where they can beat Cleveland, where they can beat New England. They could be two and one. Right. I, I think, uh, but Ben also had the freedom and he didn't care. He was not going to be handcuffed by an offensive coordinator that said, you can't do this and you can't do this. Right. So exactly. that's a different. So, I mean, we can't cling on to the fact that, you know, Ben would have done it because there's things that Ben can't do in this, or he would still be the quarterback. Well, you look because, back at... because the Steelers, Ben would be back if the Steelers right. wanted him back. Right. And they made the right move there. Go right. ahead, Tony. Well, no, if you look at the, the pivotal play for the offense, I think, in that Cincinnati game came at the very end when Trubisky, I mean, it was a free play, but, you know, because of the offsides, but he kept the play alive with his, with his ability to scramble, and he, and he found uh, what Fryermuth down in the middle of the field. So I don't think Ben's making that play because he doesn't—he didn't have the wheels anymore to do that. No, he definitely doesn't, and that's what you're giving up some things here and there. Um, as far as the offense, like I said, I, I feel like everything improved, not to the point where I wanted it to improve. I mean, it didn't improve enough, but you're starting to see some semblance of a running game. I really think that, and this goes back to the stubbornness of Mike Tomlin, and it changed a little bit in that game because we have not seen a lot where you're going to have Jalen Warren get as many touches as he did in that game right. in the past. We have not seen that. I think that change of pace is pretty good for the Steelers. Now, are they vastly different running backs? No, they both have size to them. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. I got to make sure I don't call him Jalen Samuels. I'm just so used to saying <laughs> that name. And I didn't do it yet, but the over-under is with me, like a thousand with me doing it. So You'll have Wes Hickok in here yelling at you. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't like Jalen? Oh no, no, definitely, absolutely not. Oh, I, I probably just, uh, I, I probably just uh, tuned that out. But <laughs> so, the offensive line, it's in a situation where it's starting to put things together. So, the guy on that offensive line who I'm most excited about right now is one we were excited about since March. Would you agree with me? It's James Daniel. Yeah, he's the. Uh... He was there really, I mean, the, the, the free agent signing everybody was most excited about because he was, he was considered one of the top guys and, and he filled a need and he has pedigree, a second round pick, and he was a, still young and, and he started, what, 48 games in Chicago. So this is a guy that came highly regarded and, you know, we were concerned about the struggles in the preseason, but, you know, it, it looks like he's putting it all together. And he is. So I guess that's what this means. And I put this in my week that was column last week or actually on Sunday, it means to me, it's like, wow, we uh, maybe a novel idea is to let these newcomers have some time to settle in. Right. Because yeah. by the middle of game two, we were starting to like James Daniels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got to call him Daniels. You got to help me out with that because I want to call him James Daniel. And that was the tight end coach for so many years in Pittsburgh. Well, I want to call him Jeff Daniels, so we have, we both have problems. <laughs> Jeff Daniel from Dumb and Dumber. I keep doing it. I keep doing it. every time on my Friday po podcast. Somebody corrects me on it, and they and they have a right to because I keep doing it. <laughs> I guess I've missed that. I guess I've completely missed that, Tony. But what I really want to talk about is the fact that you know we can be talking about these offensive struggles all we want, but the offense is starting to look better. 
who lost that game for the Steelers the other day? And was it the offense or was it really the defense, Tony? Well, the defense, uh, you know, people are trying to give it a pass saying it was, it was tired, but I mean, you look at the offense uh, came out in the first half and it went on a nice long touchdown drive. And what did the defense do right after that? They gave up a, a long touchdown drive. And then, you know, they, the, the defense had the entire second or the, all of halftime to the rest and the offense had a 10 play drive. It didn't go anywhere because of a penalty, but they had plenty of rest. And then they let the Browns uh, kind of control the second half of the game. So, you know, I realize the defense has been up against it, but it, you know, these guys are uh, professionals and, and uh, nobody ever talks about the offense wearing down because that's keeps scoring a lot of points. So I think there's, there, there's, there's a, there's a, a you're missing TJ Watt more than you are tired. If you're that defense. I, I think so too. And I, this is a guy that I'm not really calling out per se, but I think we're seeing the, career decline and the tiredness of a almost 35 year old Tyson Aluallo. Yeah. And that hurts me to say, because I love the way that guy fights. I love the way that he's in there and uh, clogging up that middle. I just don't think that was clogged up as much against the Patriots and definitely against Nick Chubb. Right. Kareem Hunt as well, even though I don't like, to give Kareem Hunt credit for anything. Um, just not a big fan of uh, of his exploits uh, on the police blotter. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I always go there, too. That's something I should stop doing. But, you know, I can't put that past me. Let's just say this. So the defense was disappointing. I thought the offense was better. I thought the play calling had some signs of brilliance in it then they go to the locker room and what do they do they left the new playbook in there all the momentum was gone tony absolutely right and why do you go away from something that was working and get predictable again i think they were playing scared i think that's that seems to be their motto this year is is to keep games close and and uh hope the defense can win it free at the end but you know as you said they were moving the ball pretty well in, in in the first half and then all of a sudden and they were gaining momentum i mean they were gaining momentum as the first half went along and then the second half it's like they they reverted back to their to the way they were in over the first two games and you know you can't do that you can't you, you're talking about always not living in your fears well it looked like they lived in their fears a little bit on offense and i don't know if it was from uh, from Mike Tomlin or from Matt Canada or, or whatever it was, but they just they didn't do they did virtually nothing in the second half until the very end. Fact or fiction, Tony? The Steelers lose badly against the Jets, and it's the beginning of the end for Mitch Trubisky. Uh, if they lose badly against the Jets, uh, I can certainly see, see that uh, because I think we all know Pickett's going to be in eventually so you know if, if they start off one and three after a loss to the Jets at home uh it might be too much to ignore and you might have to start your future now fact or fiction doesn't matter what Matt Canada does they're not touching him in season no that'd be very unstealer like that's that's fact they're not gonna they're not gonna fire him uh maybe if this was considered a Super Bowl team you might see something drastic like that but but uh, not not right now, no. 
Factor Fiction, the Steelers win this game against the Jets, and they might be able to erase the bad taste of starting off one and two. Well, I think it would depend. Fact, if if they build on that first half momentum the offense showed in week three, and if they have a, a impressive win, and where the offense, you know, you're running the ball, your passing attack looks looks uh, crisp, Trubisky looks good, uh, then I think that might uh, that, that might change um, the perspectives of, of a lot of people. All right, so let's get to the title of the show. Steeler Nation should be used to some slow starts by now. Fact or fiction? Fact. I mean, last year, last year was the most recent example. Well, let's go ahead and take a look at this. Uh, I'm going to exclude 2007 through 2010 because the Steelers started off pretty good in those years. As you know, there have been no losing seasons for Mike Tomlin. And I know a lot of you, you can save the fact that that stat doesn't mean anything. If you listen to bad language today, that uh, you can, you know, I bring that up. But it's still pretty impressive nonetheless. I know what he's done in the playoffs. I, I get that. But from 2007 to 2010, three and one, three and one, two and two, and three and one. I think in 2009, if I'm not mistaken, was that their first eight and eight season under Tomlin, or was that a, a nine and seven season? I cannot remember. I know uh, they started off hot. Yeah, they were they were red hot, and then they had the uh, the December from hell. <laughs> so yeah, they were, but they finished off nine and seven. Well, that was their fault because they unleashed hell, but they unleashed right, yeah. it on themselves. Right, exactly. Which meant, yeah, nine and seven's correct. And I'm still upset about that whole Unleash Hell thing because that was the perfect t-shirt. That was the perfect phrase. And the fact that they lost to the Raiders on December 9th, I believe, and then kept on losing, that kind of sucked because there was, there was a five-game losing streak at the end. Right. And they were still nine and seven. Right. So that was a hot team coming out off that last Super Bowl. Then... The next week, the next year, excuse me, they were three and one. They went to the Super Bowl and they went to the Super Bowl with a lot of Mike Tomlin's players there. Um, ben was not good in that game. The defensive backfield wasn't good in that game. Oh, no. The great Troy Polamalu and and the equally, if you ask me, I think like Taylor was amazing. They they got beat up in that game. You also lost Marquise Pouncey in the AFC championship game. That was a very winnable game. Richard Mendenhall fumbled, which I don't know who's holding on to that football. And I'm not a Richard Mendenhall apologist because I'm not a fan, but the guy was very good when he was here for the uh, five years. I would say three of the his um, first three seasons starting. Especially that know, year. Yeah. Oh, he was phenomenal that year. So in 2011... They came off of that Super Bowl hangover, started out two and two, but ended up 12 and four. So down the stretch, they were 10 and two down the stretch. I know we don't have quarters anymore because there's 17 games, but I'm looking at them as the first four games and what the Steelers could go ahead and do here. In 2012, they started off two and two. They ended eight and eight. A lot of injuries that year. Yeah. I can't remember who all went down, but Ben went down for, I think, like five games. 
in November and December, if I'm yeah, not the, mistaken. Uh, the, the, the shoulder sprain that he suffered. Who did he suffer that against? Do you, I, it was it was that overtime went against the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. I believe yeah. that was the game. That was the game. Yeah, that that's correct. Yeah, it, that was a boy. I hate Monday Night Football games. I I think that's the last time I fell asleep during a game, and I was just like, yeah, I'm done. This is way <laughs> too late for me. And that was and that was ten years. I was only forty at the time. Right now, man, gosh, I'm forcing myself awake with lots of sugar at this point. I'm having um, trouble with the one o'clock games <laughs> at, at fifty. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, let's see, 2013. This is one of my favorite ones to talk about. Team started off 0 and 4. They start off 0 and 3, lost in England to Minnesota. They almost won that game, but mm -hmm. they were 0 and 4. Then they came back, and they they ended that. They won two games, then lost two. I believe it was, I know it was the Raiders, that Terrell Pryor game, mm. and the Patriots. And they ended the first half at two and six and ended up at eight and eight, which they salvaged that season. That was, everybody thought, that fifth season for, sixth season for Mike Tomlin. I, let me, let me uh, correct myself. Seventh season for Mike Tomlin was going to be his first losing season, and he did not have it because it was 8-8. Eight and eight. They were so hot down the stretch, and that's when Antonio Brown was really coming alive, and you you felt like you had a superstar in Antonio Brown. You It was the rookie season for Le'Veon Bell, but you saw light ahead of, ahead of the, in the tunnel on that one too. So then it comes down to different scenarios, and we've seen this in the past, like 1989, when the Steelers had three teams that had to lose mm -hmm. and they all lost on Christmas Eve and Christmas day. And the Steelers end up in the playoffs and they made that great run. That really could have happened in 2013. Then a lot of people ask me, Brian, why do you hate Andy Reed so much? <laughs> it's because Andy Reed will just like rest everybody. And it actually ends up screwing them over. It, it it does it does. I'm talking rest everybody, but there's not a semblance of a team out there, right? And that just drives me crazy. I, I've seen him do it in week 15 before, when he was with the Eagles. So that year he rested everybody. They're playing San Diego, and San Diego was a legitimate playoff team, a bubble team as well. And the Steelers had to have the Bengals, who were hot at the time, lose, and the Bengals lost. They had a win. They had they had another team that had to lose as well. And then the third team was the uh, Kansas City Chiefs had to win. They were already in the playoffs, and they had to beat San Diego. And it comes down to Ryan Suckup, who's still in the league. If I'm not mistaken, he's still in yeah. Tampa Bay. I think he's one of my, my fantasy football uh, on one of my 8,000 teams. Um, one of my kickers and he missed the, He missed that field goal. And then the penalty was called or they iced him or something happened and he got a chance to kick again and he missed it again. And the Steelers did not go to the playoffs. That was a year that I could have really seen the Steelers going far in the playoffs if they would have just made it. 
Yeah. But they started out 0-4, Tony. Right. Do you remember that season? I remember. I remember how the, the many questions that they had uh, going into that year, and, and especially on defense. Um, but, you know, they, they the one thing I'll say about that year that's maybe we can draw parallels to this year is that they found they answered a lot of questions that year. They found out a lot of things throughout that year. You mentioned it was AB's first uh, great year. That's when you realized he was a superstar and it was Bell's uh, rookie year. And we know how they utilized him uh, over, over his uh, prime years here. And the offensive line got better as the year went along. They you know, found Calvin Beecham and he came in at the end of the year and kind of stabilized that unit. And of course they, they hired Mike Munchak the following year. So they found out a lot of things about that team in 2013 and it carried over into 2014. So that's one thing you could take from that year and maybe use it as a, as a guide for 2022 and what, what their struggles are as, as, a, as a team uh, moving forward. Let's go ahead and take a look at 2014, 15 and 16, two and two, two and two and three and one. Now 2014 and 15, they ended up 11 and five and 10 and six respectively. They, could have been in the AFC championship game or even the Super Bowl in both of those seasons, especially 2015. But 2015 was the year everybody got hurt. D'Angelo Williams oh. gets hurt, gets hurt. Ben was hurt. And then of course, AB was out because of the Vontez Burfick hit at the end of that season. Le'Veon Bell was hurt in that season. Le'Veon Bell was hurt at the end of the 2014 season as well in that final game where they started off two and two went to 11 and five and were a very hot team and had to pick up Ben Tate. Yeah. Two days before a playoff game and Baltimore just whomped them in that Saturday night game. I, I remember that as well, but those were pretty good teams that all started off no better than two and two. And one was zero and four. And well, then 2016, they started out three and one. But the next thing you know, they're four and five. Next thing you know, Kim Hayward's down. They lose that thriller to Dallas. One of probably one of the most exciting games that they lost Mm -hmm. that I'll go back to every single time and and uh, respect because they that was a game that they really looked tough in. they ended up 11-5. They ended up in the AFC Championship game, but nothing was right in that game. 2017, they started out 3-1. and one. They looked like a team, but the defense started a waiver, and then December 4th, you lose Ryan Shazier. 2018, 1-2-1, one, becomes 9-6-1. That's a pretty good stretch there. Yeah. 2000, the only problem with that is they were really hot. Then December came around. And they just actually November came around and they play in the AFC West and they started losing a lot of games. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that was, that was that stretch where anything that could happen at the end of games did in in a bad way. And and even the mysterious uh, uh, rib injury to Ben Roethlisberger in that Raiders game, everything that could go wrong did. And it it, it wasn't like they were playing bad. It was that, that, the bouncers just didn't go their way at certain points in each one of those games. It was such a weird collapse for them. The craziest year was, well, 2019 was a crazy year. You start off one and three and you end up going eight and eight with Doc Hodges, with right. Mason Rudolph. 
and that's a that was a pretty good turnaround for that season. And not only were you eight and eight, you were actually eight and five, and then lost right. the last three. And that was just when the clock ran out on Cinderella in that one. <laughs> 2020 is the big one for me. They start off 4-0, and then that was just the weird COVID year. And that was a lot of those games we were like, yep, the Steelers won again, and they're undefeated for the first time since 1978, for the first time in history at this point. And you know what? They It was just one of those things that you're like, oh, gosh, every week you're like, how did they escape? Mm-hmm. You know, so I've uh, that was one that they're winning and you don't feel good about, right? And here we are trying to say, hey, they're, they're winning, relax and be okay with the fact that they're winning. But deep down, we knew that this wasn't going to end well, what? especially when you lose Bud Dupree towards the end, right? Well, they just didn't have the horses. I mean, the one thing about you know. The 2017 season, where they were 13 and three, they won a lot of close games. They needed Boswell's help, but you knew on offense they had the horses to, to carry them, even even though they, there were a lot of ugly wins there. Whereas 2020, you could see, as planners say, that they didn't have the horses to to continue that, and and, and then everybody sort of uh, figured out what they were doing, and that, that was kind of it for them. And that's where there's there's a couple things to be gleaned from this. The one that you could, this team knows how to start off slow. And as a fan base, we should expect that they will start off slow, but they find a way to put it together. Right. Yo, know, in 2021, they were one and three to start. And they did, they put it together and they were in the playoffs. Again, you just knew that offense wasn't right. Right. Let me ask you a question that you can't answer. Okay. If, if Mitch Trubisky's playing down the stretch and playing against Kansas City last year in the playoffs, do you feel you feel like they have a bigger and better chance? <sighs> I don't know. I I really it's hard to say because Roethlisberger was so so good at bringing him back in the fourth quarter, but he certainly didn't play well against Kansas City, so who knows? Maybe, maybe uh, motion Mitch might have might have given them a better chance uh, against the Chiefs. Motion Mitch, I like that. So what I'm trying to say is, you know, season's not lost when you start off one and three or one and two or two and two, which that's what we're hoping to look at. But the one thing that those Steeler teams had from 07 to 21, they had a little bit more of a scheme. Right. Well, maybe not 21 to, to 20. They had a little bit more of a, the scheme. The stubbornness not to want to adjust is probably the most demoralizing thing for me as as far as it's going. And Myrna, Jane, and Bert, who I love, they're great. And I don't know whether it's Myrna, Jane, or Bert. I don't know who's talking to us ever. Mm-hmm. I, I'm never sure. But they're like, bad, you're depressing us. And actually, I I hope I'm not depressing you because it's showing you you can start off 0-4 with a Mike Tomlin coach club and get to 8-8. Eight and eight. Oh, and it's Bert. Okay, we've got Bert. <laughs> it's always Bert. I, I think we need some Myrna Jane in here to, to mix it up. So I'm, I'm asking for some MJ to, <laughs> to get some mojo for the Steelers. So uh, 
Myrna Jade Mo Mojo. That's what we're gonna do. We'll get her in here, Bert. But yeah, so what what I'm saying is there is a chance. But do you think do you feel less confident this year like I do? Just for the fact that you don't know if uh Matt Canada is willing to make any changes here. That's exactly right. And that's that's the issue. It's and, and not just that, but there's so many un, more unknowns than uh because of Trubisky and and, and you have a new coordinator in, in Canada, so you don't know what, what what to expect um from from this this combination. I mean you, you knew with Ben in there that he would he would override Canada and, and you could uh you could count on that at the end of games. But with Trubisky, he doesn't seem like he's willing to do that and he doesn't seem like he has the, the autonomy to do that. So that's the unknown. It's, it's, this is the, the first year without Ben Roethlisberger. So that's why you're less, you feel less confident that maybe they can uh, turn this around. But the one thing I will say, and we saw this in 2019 with uh, when, when Ben went down is Mike Tomlin, you can say what you want about him as a coach and people do, they're doing it all up and down the live chat right now. But one thing you can say about him, that his biggest strength is he never loses his team. No matter what, he always get, has his guys uh, invested. And we saw it last year, one and three, it looked like they were ready to collapse. And next thing you know, they're they're uh, making the playoffs. So 2013, five and eight. I went to that game in Heinz Field. My old boss gave me tickets. I still have frostbite my, my uh, right big toe because of that game. And I'm thinking, all right, they're playing out the string. And as you said earlier, Ryan Suckup uh, was a missed field goal away from them making the playoffs. Yeah, so that's, that's something to go ahead and take a look at. All I'm saying is, look, I know I keep on saying all I'm saying. <laughs> I've said that about seven, eight times. Looks like I'm saying more than just that. But what I'm going to go ahead and throw in here is the fact that there's 14 games left in this season. Right. And if history tells us anything about the Pittsburgh Steelers, they do not blink. <laughs> right. I got to throw that Tomlinism in there. They, uh, they stay the course. However, sometimes that course, you've got to make adjustments along the way. And I think the whole thing that we're looking at, the big question is, are they willing to make adjustments here? If they're willing to make adjustments here, then this could be a playoff season for this team. As I watched other games yesterday, I watched the Buffalo Bills in a game against when Tua went out, only wins 17 to 14, and they're supposed to be a blockbuster offense. And not only that, they scored on their first possession again for the eighth straight game, which means they only scored 10 more points the rest of that game. Right. And, and, I thought they were supposed to be juggernauts. I watched, we got Biggie Bronco in here and he asked a question about why the Steelers don't go across the middle of the field. We talked about that at the beginning. That's one thing we're looking for. The Broncos won a game yesterday, 11 to 10 in prime time. And for the Broncos to be two and one at this point with, you know, despite having actually in spite of, having Russell Wilson in there. You know, I thought this was supposed to be the right. renaissance of that offense. Right. And it, it just, it just, I mean, 
they're winning, but they're not winning to the point where you think that uh, they're running away with anything. And then you turn around and you see the Chiefs go down to the Colts, who are 0-2. So, saw a lot of weird things yesterday. Saw yeah. a lot of weird things the week before with the whole division losing and the Steelers having the least demoralizing loss of anybody. Right. Um, I do like that Paul Kern says the Tom the Dolphins have a hungry coach, not a complacent one. I don't I'm actually gonna say I don't think it's complacency. I kind of think it's he's methodical, and sometimes that's kind of what worries me there. But when you've seen this movie so many times, why can't it happen again, Tony? Exactly. Why can't it happen again? And and the the thing about Tomlin is we know that he ha he has no problem going to his defensive coordinators and saying, look, this is how I want things done. So maybe he just has to get over um, being afraid if he is afraid. I'm sure he's not afraid, but maybe his hesitance with uh, maybe demanding that his coordinator make changes, make adjustments. And, uh, you know, look, this is, this is what I want you to do. You keep hearing the players talk about how they're not – they wish they would do more uh, no huddle or up-tempo stuff. And why they keep going away from it? Maybe it's Tom has to say to Canada, "Look, you have to make these kind of changes if we're if we're going to move forward as a team. If we're going to make improvements, we seem to be uh, improving when these certain things are going on. Why are we going away from this during a game? That's what maybe Tomlin has to really put his foot down as a head coach and, and say, even though he's a defensive guy, uh, I want you to I want you to do this on offense because we saw <laughs> Bill Cowher used to do that. He used to uh, demanded his coaches." These offensive offensive coaches did certain things, and, and it seemed to work out. Apparently, defensive coordinators make pretty good offensive coordinators because we saw it. Yeah, with with a uh, three defensive coordinator um, brain trust calling the offense with New England, right? And I tell you what, I watched New England and Baltimore a good bit of that game yesterday, and it, it was kind of I really thought they had that game the entire time. I really thought that that Baltimore was trying to collapse at the end of that game, but New England was collapsing a whole lot more. Yeah. And uh, man, what an ugly, what a really nasty injury to Mac Jones in that game. You could hear him, you could hear him yelling. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. oh gosh, right. man, I'd be dead. I wouldn't be able to do it. Um <laughs> So we're going to get on out of here. I do want to bring this up. And it's breaking news that happened at the beginning of the show. I, I held it. And it's, uh, you know, uh, it's probably one of uh, Steeler Nation's right now public enemy number one, I would probably think. It's Miles Garrett was in a single car accident today. He is, it seems to be minor injuries. They're not life-threatening. He was hospitalized. Look, I'm going to just say this, you know, straight out. I don't care what happens on the football field. I hope he's okay off of it. Right. You know, you know, plain and simple. I hope he's okay. And uh, he's a fantastic player. I have, I have a feeling if he was in black and gold, we would uh, love him a whole lot more. And if there were some guys that did not wear black and gold, we would have loved them a whole lot less. But all I'm going to say is that, you know, I hope he gets well soon. I hope, I hope the injuries are not, are, 
I hope uh, they check everything out and make sure that everything's okay because you don't want to see a guy go down because of a single car accident. I don't know what really happened. Um, But DJ2, I got to tell you this. Yeah, please don't produce my show, buddy, because we had somebody in a comment last week hoping that hoping that Matt Canada actually wishing yeah. that Matt Canada was in a plane crash with an NBA superstar. Right. Um, so yeah, I do have to say it because some of you say some rotten things. Exactly. So, so don't, please don't produce my show. There is a need to say this because we've said it. And I, I just, uh, I just know what some people do when they hide behind a keyboard and I'm out here, I'm out here front and center. I do appreciate your other comments. I'm just going to disagree with you on that one. Right. So with that being said, I am going to get on out of here. Tony, thanks for another great show. Shannon will be back next week. And I, I want to plug one of Shannon's shows. So Shannon, as you know, is on Know Your Enemy with Jeffrey Benedict. This week, they've got to check out the New York Jets. And we have former... NFL running back for the New York Jets, Lamont Jordan, who is going to be on the show with Tony and Jeffrey. We just uh, found that out a couple hours ago. So with with that being said, check that out. You don't want to miss that. That's going to be a good one. Hey, we can't do the show without all of you, whether we disagree or agree with each other. We need to have this dynamic. So thank you to all of you in the live chat. Thank you to all of you that's hanging out and not in the live chat. That's going to be listening to the show later on, wherever you find your favorite podcast, that's where you find BTSC. So make sure that you go ahead and look for us. And if you like us, give us a good re good rating. If you don't like us, we're a completely different show. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're on the fan. So go ahead and, and go ahead and give them the battery. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For Tony Defio for the, uh, on assignment, Shannon white. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, Tony, just when you think that you've got all of the answers, we keep changing the questions. I'm going to do it this week for Shannon. Woo.